right. Glad you're with us. Thank you, Scott Shannon. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. I just want to start by saying something here that everybody needs to fully comprehend and understand here. Because everybody, I want to literally jump out of my skin. I can't take it anymore because you you watch and you listen and the mob and the media and their supporters and their declarations and their oh and their calls for civility and i'm literally Sarah, really we're going to get lectures from the very people that did nothing but harass donald j trump from the minute he came down the escalator on what it means to be civil and how we as a society must act etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm like Oh, really? Well, how about if we just how about if we just follow your standard? Because when we follow your standard, we don't think you're going to like it, which which I'm not saying that we do here. It is it is sad to me that there are so many issues that now have arisen in all of this. And I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I'm telling you what we we cannot allow the outcome to be. And that is to be intimidated into silence. And that is there are too many people. There are too many examples. Uh, There are laws that we have. One of the things that you've got to keep in mind here is that we now have a system that is working its way through the courts. There's what, 71 million Americans, a new record, no Republican in history, who went out and vote and voted for Donald J. Trump to be reelected. We know that the margin of vote separation in all of these states is tiny. It is minuscule. It is it, it, it is beyond shockingly close in what is the, one of the closest races in the history of our great republic. We everybody's focus. And let's not forget 37 days, Al Gore, pimple, dimple, dented, you know, chads and the counting. But it was at least transparent the main focus, I say at this point, has to be on numerous fronts. Now, we are often lectured by liberals about the rule of law. Okay, I agree with that if that's your goal. Were election laws followed and obeyed or were they violated? We're a nation of laws. We're a nation of, we're a constitutional republic. It's imperative that the laws of this country be followed. And I'm going to tell you something. It's amazing when you look at the difference, isn't it, between the way a state like Florida, a state like Ohio, how so many states can very, very efficiently, you know, conduct a major election with even higher populations than other states. uh, And yet they can get to a result that is fair, that is accurate, that people have that has integrity that people have confidence in believing that their vote mattered and that there were no shenanigans going on and then you have the states the same ones usually every time where it becomes an unmitigated disaster um it is is it that they can't do it well we all know that they could we all know that we're the home of apple we all know that we're the home of microsoft we all know that we're the home of silicon valley And we also know, and everybody's got to keep this in their mind as well, we owe it to the 71 million Americans that voted for Trump. We owe it to the American people. We owe it to the country to ensure that every law, election laws included, were followed and obeyed. 
There is now a case that is pending, I believe, with great merit before the United States Supreme Court. There are now also other cases in other states that will clearly merit judicial review. There's going to be recounts because of the razor thin margins. In some cases, we're talking about a tenth of a point. And there has been incredible reckless commentary speculation uh, about, oh, the president will have to be taken out in handcuffs, et cetera. No, we will have, if it ends up being this way, a peaceful uh, transition of power. That's all just that's just saber rattling on the fat on on the Democrats part. We have a system and albeit imperfect. We've talked so often about this that has the ability to right wrongs, correct injustices. And and this is critical and always pursue a more perfect union. That's what we always talk about. You know, we have this other branch of government known as the judicial branch. They will now do their job. I don't think anyone is focused in as keenly on election laws as we have, because the law of the of and constitutionally, we can get into greater detail as the day goes on and and as the days go on, because it will be days. But where constitutionally it is very, very clear how election laws are made. And this is not the most complicated stuff in the world. I thought I'll tell you, there were two great programs I watched this weekend. One was the great one, Mark Levin. One was with Maria Bartiromo. And I thought they both did great jobs explaining the law, the Constitution, where we need to go, what is what is in the best interest of the country the and the American people. Uh, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, Constitution. Uh, each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in Congress. In other words, state legislatures determine how to select the electors. Now, this is where the whole issue of the pending Supreme Court case comes in is when the governor and and you know, unilaterally extending out beyond the 8 p.m. Election Day deadline in Pennsylvania and Judge Alito's order to separate those votes from that is is critical. You know, I don't think most Americans know that a state like Pennsylvania actually has written into the statute. Partisan observers may observe at polling locations and may stay until the time that the counting of votes is complete. Now, I'm going to play for you a montage Cut two of of observers being pre- prevented from watching the votes being counted. Well, now, I don't know because I'm not a lawyer, constitutional lawyer, but if the election law specifically is violated, what will the remedy be? I don't know, but this is what they are saying. Listen. An official came out uh, who was kind and asked us to sign documents, and a few moments later, we were asked to leave. Well, I find that ironic we were asked to leave within 10 to 12 minutes when they said they had an hour and a half kind of left to do. We're further away than I am from you all here, um, hundreds, uh, at least 100 feet away from open ballots that go back out of our sight. We can't see them. We don't know what's happening to them. Um, it's just, uh, there's no way for us to meaningfully observe the process. They have refused to let us have meaningful, a meaningful view of the vote count. They have continued to count the votes. Because, because they have done nothing to help us, they are not letting every legal vote count. Okay, so those are people on record, and this is now happening in the states that matter. If you go to the state of Michigan, again, if we're going to look at the law, a nation of laws, 
Remember, all during the, the the entire Russia, Russia, Russia phony narrative collusion that they dragged the country through hell on. Uh, they really cared about the fact that Roger Stone lied to Congress, even though there was a referral for the likes of Comey and McCabe and others. You know, we have, I guess, two standards as it relates to the law. But, you know, Michigan law actually is very clear that it's an open process that may be observed by any interested person. Now, I bet many of you didn't know that election challengers, poll watchers and challengers in particular have greater access to the process, but it's supposed to be open. And, you know, what I did see one good thing in Arizona, although there are some questions emerging there, uh, but they actually videotape the whole process. Other states do not, which I think is just a smart thing to do because it keeps everybody honest. You know, I would think it's critical that every American would want and that would include even those that like Joe Biden or, you know, wanted him to win the election, that you have complete faith and confidence in the election process of this great country and that we be helping to reassure the American people that is the case in this election and that the checks and balances that the three branches of government make for us make us a stronger country. And if if the legislature constitutionally sets up the law, then you don't have the right as a governor or as a secretary of state or as a lieutenant governor or any other position, unless you're the state legislature to actually shift or change the laws, especially as constitutionally prescribed. You know, this is not the first time that we've had contested elections. It won't be the last time. You know, the 2000 election went on undecided for 37 days after Election Day. Uh, It's got to be all of our hopes that we, in fact, as quickly as possible, the American people deserve the the honest results. Um, But when you hear about last minute changes to election laws uh, done by people that don't have statutory legal authority to do so, do so or random extensions and they don't have the legal right to do so or shifting standards in terms of how people that are legally written into the law are allowed to observe ballots, uh, that's unfair to the American people. And when all is said and done, you know, constitutional standards and law have got to win the day. Whatever way the chips fall here, I don't want to create false hope in people about what the ultimate result. This is a razor, razor thin election. But we have an obligation as Americans to track down any fraud, to track down any law breaking that might have taken to ensure the integrity of the vote, because otherwise the system that we we base our laws on that governs elections is meaningless. You know, it's why I said so many times that it, it matters that we can't have a dual system of justice. It matters that, you know, the media do their job fairly Otherwise, it's just an extension of the Democratic Socialist press office. And that if there's they care about Russia interference and they find out there's none, then they ought to be the ones that are glad to report that information. And if they find out somebody, oh, let's just guess, say, uh, pays for a dirty Russian dossier, it matters. We, we didn't spend three years on that topic for nothing. And what we found out was everything that we reported to you is true. Well, I'm taking the same approach to this. And that is we now are going to continue. We're going to investigate every single law and every single instance and make sure that the people of this country will have faith and confidence in the election results. And if there are things that we've got to do to strengthen the process 
to protect against any shenanigans down the road or ensure that the laws are are implemented and that people's vote and rights are protected, then that's got to be done, too. Um, And I I think Lindsey Graham is not wrong in his point that he made on one of the weekend shows. If Republicans don't challenge and don't investigate based on what is being told to us about people that saying, well, I was an observer, I wasn't allowed to observe, for example, you know, he he said there'll never be another Republican ever elected again as president and warning that the president needs to actually has an obligation to. Uh, do this for the 71 million Americans in a close election that that took the time of their day to vote for this important office. All right, we have a lot of ground to cover. Newt Gingrich is on today. Maria Bartiromo is on today. We, uh, oh, by the way, did you hear the good news? Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine efficacy, 90%. Wow. Imagine if we knew that a week ago today. Uh, but anyway, we'll get that uh, we'll get that out to you. Good news on that front. I know everybody uh, has you know we've all hoped for a cure. Our medical researchers, scientists, doctors looks like they've done inc- the most incredible historic uh, vaccine work in history. You know, I'm not going out prematurely here. I'll give you the details later. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity show. You know, I know that there are so many rightfully very angry here. And I'm going to say something that nobody in the media is going to like. Why should anyone trust you? Why? Look at how you ran this campaign. You, you never asked Joe Biden a single tough question. You never vetted Joe Biden. Joe Biden never answered. You, you, you let him hide in his basement bunker. And you, it was in the, in the media mob protection program the entire campaign. Why did... Because you didn't want answers to questions about his history on race or stacking or packing the courts or legislative filibusters or, you know, that the Paris court that he's now saying is getting into uh, demands that we uh, wean ourselves off of fossil fuels and reduce the use of fossil fuels. Well, did the people of Pennsylvania get told that? Why should we trust you when you told lies for three years about Trump and Russia and never admitted you lied? And advanced conspiracy theories. Why should the why should the American people you so hyped up on impeaching President Trump on Ukraine and you ignored quid pro quo Joe zero experience hunter Russian oligarchs Kazakhstan oligarchs a billion five deal with China you ignored it all you've lost people's trust big tech companies now that are the arbiters of what news that the country is able to receive. I mean, everybody I know is saying that they're not, they don't trust Twitter anymore, Facebook anymore. That's why Parler is going through the roof. Dan Bongino is part of that deal. Good for him. You know, if you look at, for example, the, the and, and I'm just going by the law. Look at, for example, Pennsylvania. The law says partisan observers can observe the vote counting. Well, I think on record now, uh, the lawyers for the president said over the weekend, they've got 70 or, or some odd, Uh, People that have signed affidavits that were supposed to be partisan observers that are allowed to look at the vote counting that were kept away in some places. Pittsburgh observers saying uh, that they were kept away for 24 hours from the room. Well, Well, how many ballots were counted in that period of time as the count reduced more and more and more? You know, what about Pennsylvania? What about the other witnesses now that are on videotape? 
that are now now don't does America have a right to listen to people that are saying that this is what the law says we were there to fulfill our obligation under the law and we were denied access to it what is the remedy for it I don't know what the remedy for it is except that the courts will have to decide that all right, 800-941-SHAWN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. I love the way Miranda Devine wrote this up in the New York Post, uh, who's been on this program many times. There's more evidence of voter fraud in the 2020 election than there ever was of Russia collusion, except for Hillary's dirty dossier. Um, and so America's owed a legal explanation of the election irregularities uh, that have come up by many now going on record and eyewitnesses telling their stories. It's not something that you're going to get your finger on in five seconds or five minutes, even five days. And, you know, and basically the election, you know, if you remember in the weeks coming leading up to the election, as we were in our countdown, I kept telling everybody and every all of you on Election Day and the day before Election Day, uh, on election day, I was saying, if you are in line, stay in line. You have a right to stay in line. Just assume that your vote is going to put it over the top. I didn't know how right I would be. I just knew it was a very strong possibility. And it looks like it's, you know, anywhere but 120,000 votes. That's what it all comes down to out of 150 million votes cast. I mean, you think about that. That's point zero 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 eight percent a tiny margin you know recounts have been ordered and they're justified the trump campaign challenging uh a lot of this in the courts i think the 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 supreme court is going to be the most fascinating i think to watch in all of this because it's any decision that the supreme court is ultimately going to make is going to be based on the law it is not going to be based on what the feelings of the governor or the state legislature are. I mean, it's just not. That's not how that's not how we run elections here. Uh, this, you know, there's a good history brought up in the post as well about how, you know, election fraud is not unknown in America. I know it's sad to say. I bet you many don't know the famous example. Chicago Mayor Richard Daley allegedly rigged the ballot for John Kennedy. Dead people were found to have voted and 677 election officials were indicted. You know, we've had, you know, an analysis, even in Pennsylvania, of top judges and officials, you know, convicted of fraud, election fraud, and being paid uh, to stuff ballot boxes. Uh, over a thousand, almost a thousand people in the country, not that in recent years, that are, have convictions over this. Um, it was funny how everybody said, no, I got to vote by mail. We got to change the laws. Why? Because of the, the pandemic. I didn't hear one bit of criticism of people celebrating this weekend. Quote, Joe Biden's so-called victory with Kamala Harris. And they're out and about and no public distancing again, just like they never talked about it during the protests, only during Trump rallies. Um, The New York Times, Miranda Devine found a great piece how they once reported that the truth that mail-in voting is is the most vulnerable to fraud is right. But, you know, if you think back to the first COVID relief bill, why was it held up? It was held up because uh, Nancy Pelosi wanted the election laws changed in part. She wanted immigration laws and she was willing to let American citizens and businesses 
you know, sit back and be delayed and, and have to wait and wait longer and wait longer than that. So, you know, and what was all of Russia all about? Wasn't Russia supposed to be about whether there was an outside influence that we've heard that narrative now for three years, nothing but lies, conspiracy theories and a hoax perpetrated on the American people. Ironically, it turns out Hillary's the only one that paid for the dirty Russian dossier that led to the spying and the well getting a four FISA warrants based on the phony dossier. It's it's incredible. Nobody wanted to get work worked up about it. There weren't many of us that pointed out how deeply important and imperative it was that the truth come out and that people be told the truth and that the double standard could not stand. Um, and it is, uh, it's really sad, actually. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, Biden is out there pretending to be president, you know, in between his naps and saying today, you know, he said on Thursday, contradicted the president's suggestion that a coronavirus vaccine may be only weeks away. Warning Americans they can't trust the president's word. And the idea that there's going to be a vaccine and everything uh, is going to be fine tomorrow, it's just not rational. He said there's not going to be a miracle. Remember that? Now, what have I been telling you? I said there's something very interesting happening because we have these third, the, the final stage human trials that were ongoing, that started in late July. And the reason that they were ongoing is because nobody was dying. Uh, there were no major side effects and that antibodies were being created. And I used the sources that I had. There's a number of companies, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. Well, Pfizer comes out today and the vaccine that they have been developing with BioNTech, which, by the way, has spurred a massive, you know, leap in the stock market today, is more than 90% effective. The companies were able to say today, imagine if they said it a week ago, it is a milestone. It is a tribute to American medical researchers and medical scientists, which I had said, you know, back in January of this year that they're going to get the job done. I always had faith in them, and they did. Anyway, so Pfizer now with this German biotech firm becoming the first pharmaceutical outfit to reveal the successful data, late-stage study, COVID-19 vaccine, at a time, by the way, that we really seem to be able to need it here, where a lot of countries now are having surging infection counts. And today is a great day for science and humanity, the Pfizer CEO said in a statement. With today's news, we are a significant step closer to providing people around the world with a much-needed breakthrough to help bring an end to the global health crisis. And what they found in their phase three studies of the vaccine after 94 of the trials, uh, 43,538 participants contracted COVID-19. That's it. Analysis showed the vaccine was more than 90 percent effective. Uh, seven days after patients received the, the second of two doses, meaning they become protected from the virus after 28 days from starting the vaccination course. Uh, both Pfizer and BioNTech will, you know, assess the effectiveness again. 164 study participants get sick, you know, when they have them sick with coronavirus. They'll check the final efficacy rate. The great Dr. Fauci has weighed in and said that if the favorite liberal, except you don't listen to Dr. Fauci saying it was safe to vote in person if there was social distancing and wearing masks, 
saying that the results of this that came out today are extraordinary. His words. If we get a a reasonable, effective, say said 75 percent effective vaccine and a substantial proportion of the population takes it, we're going in the right direction towards approaching a degree of normal normalcy, which we all want, which can happen faster. Remember, it used to take years and years and years to break down the sequence of a virus and they were able to do it. We'll have our experts at the top of the hour. This is too big a story. We we have, you know, it means too much to too many people. And our way of life and people beginning to be able to live again. Um, A thing that we're going to have to pay a lot of attention to while all of this now is ongoing as it relates to getting to the truth of the results of the election and making sure every law was observed and looking at judicial review and recounts, etc. The battle, uh, Chuck Schumer has now told everybody what his plan is. Everything is on the table. Right now, after the election, it looks like it's a 50-48 split in the U.S. Senate. We have two Georgia Senate seats that are scheduled for a runoff, I believe, January 5th is the runoff date for Georgia. Uh, that makes the difference, the seat of Kelly Loeffler and, and, and uh, Senator Perdue, critical if you want to stop the Democrats from packing the courts and ending the legislative filibuster. And you want some check on the radicals that have the hold over Joe Biden. If Joe Biden becomes the president in the end of this process, Uh, Joe Biden, okay, is now at the point they say, can you imagine how important this comes? And the funny thing is, has Stacey Abrams, by the way, Linda, ever acknowledged that she wasn't elected governor? I'm not even sure if she ever finally said she accepted the results. Do you remember? I think she's declared herself governor elect. Last time I checked. The last time I checked, too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By mm-hmm. the way, Linda is more than apoplectic and livid. And, and to your credit, you've been talking to anybody and everybody around the country, and you're getting a lot of anecdotal stories, and a lot of which we're going to be sharing with you in the days to come. That's right. Uh, good work. And for all the right reasons. As we talked this weekend, this is about our kids, about our grandkids. It's about, doesn't it? Ask yourself if election interference with Russia matters, um, and whether or not a potential president is compromised by Ukraine, Russia, China, Kazakhstan that nobody seemed to care about. And if it matters, a phone call with President Trump and President Zelensky, um, this is all not going to go away just because they want it to go away. You know what, Sean? I think you just said it best, which is that this is not a fight about President Trump. In fact, it has nothing to do with President Trump. It has to do with a free republic. And if you ever want to see free and fair elections again, If you truly care about American prosperity and greatness and the future you want to give to your children, then you better wake up and you better pay attention. What was I saying before the election? Every vote is going to matter here. Mm -hmm. Listen, it's it's already hard enough for any Republican to win the presidency. Um, Anyway, so the president apparently, according to some reports, is going to be getting out on the road and making his case as more information becomes available. That should get very, very interesting. Um, we have a lot of people on the ground all throughout this week. We're going to be interviewing radio and TV. Um, we know that there, uh, uh, there are very specific stories that I'm getting that we're working on. One is in Wisconsin. One is in Nevada. Uh, we're working obviously on Pennsylvania and watching what's going on there. And one in the state of Georgia, you had a Nevada whistleblower sign an affidavit alleging disregard of, of mail-in signature verification 
These are all stories that have to be looked into. If the rule of law mattered for Russia, it should matter to everyone in the media. I know that, uh, let's see, Anderson Cooper is out there comparing President Trump to a flailing, obese turtle. Um, But, of course, they're lecturing everybody on how it's time for the nation to come together. There's an Arizona, uh, there's a lawsuit there, how it's possible they incorrectly rejected votes after cutting the Biden lead to nearly half a point. Uh, Republicans have expanded the probe into the Dominion voting systems. We had Laura Cox on the program on Friday, and she's the one that said, yeah, we found a glitch. And in the glitch, we found 6,000 votes were wrongly tabulated for Biden, not Donald Trump. Well, that system is used in over 40 of the 80 counties in Michigan for crying out loud. Um, anyway, and then we have... Uh, and now it's used, according to John um, Solomon at, at JustTheNews.com, 28 states use the same exact Dominion software. Researchers are questioning the reliability of, of the Dominion voting systems and software, which everybody should want. Ted Cruz, who I think has been phenomenal, said, yeah, the vote count lawsuits could easily reach the Supreme Court. In other words, if there were observers as a matter of law that were denied access to the observation, I don't know what the remedy would be in a court situation like that, but I think people that are signing affidavits to that effect need to be listened to. I'm sure that Democrats that peddled their Russia conspiracy theories would agree. Um, And we know that uh, different people are being tapped in different states, and it's going to take a lot of time, and we'll see what happens. 39 Republicans have now asked the Attorney General to ensure integrity of voting and the counting process. Uh, We have Congressman Scalise saying election laws were not followed in 2020. Uh, Jonathan Turley has been phenomenal in his analysis. America should welcome review for close counts. I agree with that. Why wouldn't we welcome the review? Isn't it in the end better that the American people at the end of a process have faith and confidence that everything was done lawfully and that this was a free, fair election where the laws were followed? You know, I think Ken Starr did a great job on with Levin last night. Pennsylvania's three-day extension of the mail-in ballot uh, deadline is a constitutional travesty. I, that's the that's a Supreme Court case that is pending, and I think that's absolutely right. There are some Republicans with a backbone. South Dakota Governor Nome saying Al Gore got his day in court, and the president deserves the same consideration. Michelle Obama's out there attacking 71 million Trump voters for supporting lies, hate, chaos, and division. Oh, and her and her husband never did that. Neither did Joe Biden. But we're a bunch of chumps and bitter people clinging to God, guns, our Bibles, and religion. Um, so we're going to watch all of this and, and see what happens. I do think that the testimony of so many people that seem to be now getting on the record is going to be very interesting. And it was a great tweet by Ari Fleischer. Resist, overturn, boycott, surveil, leak, impeach. Now they tell us it's time to heal. Where were they the last four years? Or Larry Elder. Four years of attacking Trump as illegitimate, fascist, Nazi, tyrant, dictator, racist, anti-Semite, Russian stooge, traitor, grifter, xenophobe, sexist, homophobe, ignorant, fat, and lazy. Let's come together. Ouch. Pretty powerful tweet from him. Another one by Eric Erickson was really good, too. All right. Glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Um, we, uh, 
you got to hear the media mob. I mean, we're just going to do a little comparison of how they were in 2016 and how they're reacting uh, over the weekend. Um, We cannot ignore this story. It is too big. It is too important. It is too extraordinary. And um, it's what I had predicted was happening. And based on my sources and people I've been talking to and all these, you know, final stage human trials for a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, And it's something that I have been saying since January. If you look at our timeline on COVID-19, which the mob, the media got wrong the whole time, I kept saying I have faith and I have hope and belief in our medical researchers and our scientists and our doctors and our healthcare workers that they're going to get us the answer. And we were able to break down in record time the sequence of this coronavirus and it's now and and then the president, to his credit, implemented Operation Warp Speed. And I said, because these final stage trials, remember, stage two human trials showed antibodies were created. Nobody died taking the vaccine and that the side effects were minimal. Then they go into the we, what we have six separate ones that I know of that were, are ongoing. And then you go into stage three ch- testing. And then it began with 30,000 in the case of FISA. Uh, and by the way, they're, they're now applying for an emergency use authorization from the FDA as soon as the final data meets the safety milestones, which they expect, uh, you know, very, very shortly. But the head of FISA, literally the chairman CEO said, today's a great day for science and humanity. The first set of results from our phase three COVID-19 vaccine trial provides the initial evidence of our vaccine's ability to prevent COVID-19. We are reaching this critical milestone in our vaccine development program at a time when the world needs it most with infection rates setting new records, hospitals nearing overcapacity and economies struggling to remain open or to reopen. With today's news, we are a significant step closer to providing people around the world with a much-needed breakthrough to help bring an end to the global health crisis. He said, we are proud to announce that along with their partners, BioNTech Group, uh, that this their vaccine candidate uh, at an interim analysis demonstrated incredible efficacy. And if approved, it will require patients to receive two shots, the second one coming 21 days after the first shot. It's a two-dose vaccine, which means in, 28 days somebody will have the antibodies over 90 percent now um governor cuomo said there's bad news trump will determine how it gets distributed (laughs) you know only 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 a democrat can say that biden rejecting up to last week oh his claim that a vaccine is imminent well we already knew that because if if look if third stage final human trial testing was not going on well would have stopped it but it meant that it was working. Anyway, it has now sent the Dow through the roof today. Um, and even the ever-so-loved Dr. Fauci says it is a remarkable, incredible comments. Anyway, uh, Dr. Josh Umber, our friend, is with us, Atlas MD in, in Wichita, Kansas. And Dr. Uh, George Farid is with us, Harvard Medical School. Thank you both for being with us. You know, we didn't we all know, Dr. Umber, when when they didn't stop the trials, the final phase human testing trials, that that was a good sign. 
Yeah, I think we, you know, that was uh, definitely a good sign that they felt there was enough positive things to keep pushing that forward. I think their big concern was that it was going to become political like everything else and probably trying to thread that needle as best they could. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's okay, imagine if it was announced a week ago. Could it have impacted the election? Who knows? It doesn't. What's important is the health of people, though, at the end of the day here. Um, if you get a 90 percent effective rate like they're showing, what does that mean to you? You know, I think that uh, means, that, you know, they were only shooting for 70 percent. So to be above that, uh, maybe even further, uh, I think when you combine that with the number of people who probably have natural immunity from the 10 million plus known cases, so probably 20, 30, 40 more undocumented cases, uh, that means we hit herd immunity really pretty quick. It means we can start protecting the most at-risk people very soon and um, you know, really get out in front of this whole thing. Yeah, and Dr. Farid, your take on this new news. Again, the words of Dr. Fauci, extraordinary. I, I am completely in agreement with uh, Dr. Umbra's statement that um, th- this is a, uh, wonderful. Uh, it's what we've been waiting for. It, it, uh, it's, been, it's been a very extensive study, uh, 43,000 or more uh, patients enrolled and participants around the world, and we have um, uh, very encouraging findings such that uh, patients will be uh, likely to have good protection that, that's been needed. But it, uh, my feeling is that we need to get the acceptance by Dr. Fauci and the FDA and the task force of early treatment with uh, reasonably good antivirals that we've had since the inception of this. And uh, our American Association of Physicians and Surgeons has put together a very good home-based guide to early COVID treatment. And we're going to continue to need that regardless of when the vaccine is uh, being, being distributed. They're talking about 50 million doses this year alone that they'll have produced and be able to distribute. Isn't that incredible? Yes, absolutely. You can see that we're testing over a million people a day, and that takes a lot of work uh, to admit. It takes a little time. So we a million vaccines uh, a day, and, and... Yeah, I, I, I'd like yeah, to just say that there, there are other companies coming up with uh, good uh, vaccines that will be uh, um, announcing results. I suspect the Moderna trial. However, uh, it's so important to not give up on what we've been pushing for, many of us in the, on the front line. For, I'm, I'm seeing a huge upsurge of patients uh, and outpouring of uh, trying to get uh, access to this combination treatment of uh, really safe uh, and effective uh, combination antivirals is ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, doxycycline, azithromycin. And if it's taken in the first five days, as we've been asking, and uh, they're, they're in a uh, promulgation of this from Fauci and the others, uh, we wouldn't have had uh, the the terrible consequences that we've seen to this point. And we're going to still need this approach in addition to uh, the the distribution of a vaccine in the months ahead. I mean, Dr. Farid, I know that you and others had gone out there, and it's a 65-year-old drugs, hydroxychloroquine with azithromycin, et cetera. 
And, you know, you have somebody like Dr. Daniel Wallace who said the risk is nil and, and he's the premier yeah. guy on rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and anti-malarials and 400 peer reviewed articles. And, you know, and then how it becomes politicized. You still believe that the hydroxychloroquine with zinc and vitamin D and C and whatever other things associated with it, if taken very early, does what? Uh, it, it suppresses the multiplication. And now if we add in ivermectin in addition, there's even a more effective combination of agents to causing the what is I, What is ivermectin? What is that? I, ivermectin, it's being used in other countries, and now it's part of the protocol in this uh, home-based uh, treatment plan from uh, the American Association of... Uh, but what kind of medicine surgeons. is it? I've never but, heard of but it. It's a, it's, a, it's a deworming agent. It's used veterinary medicine and, uh, and in humans for uh, uh, parasitic treatment, anti-parasitic agent. It's like hydroxychloroquine. It has additional mechanisms of action in addition to what it's been touted for, like ma- malaria for hydroxychloroquine or then subsequently rheumatoid arthritis lupus. It has other effects uh, that are... When it looked at it completely, uh, the ivermectin also inhibits a, ro- a multiplication step of SARS COVID COVID two. It inhibits a nuclear step that uh, isn't covered by hydroxychloroquine. So, using it in conjunction with hydroxychloroquine makes the whole uh, early treatment even more effective. And uh, that's yeah. what I'm seeing here in in my community. These patients uh, recovering in 24 hours. And they don't want to develop the long COVID syndrome that's um, very undesirable. Dr. Umber, I know that uh, people politicize hydroxy and then you got remdesivir. And now we're working on other uh, therapeutics like Regeneron that the president took. Uh, Have you ever heard of ivermectin? What is it called? Ivermectin. Ivermectin. I've seen some of those studies, and I think you know we've got a lot of studies going out to look for anything positive um, that shows some benefits, and um, it'll be interesting to see where all those go when you know may, maybe less important if we have a vaccine, then we won't need to treat nearly as many people. Uh, so in some ways that might make it harder to research, and other ways uh, we'll just still be happy that uh, we found a way to protect ourselves from this and. Uh, um, what are now are both of you seeing that if people take the 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 treat what well, what is your first order of treatment dr umber if somebody you know has this thing yeah you know, it's still a, a respiratory virus so we try to match this treatment to the symptoms knowing that there's still a shortage of some of these other medicines the uh, plaquenil and the uh, um, azithromycin doesn't have much of a shortage but not everyone does well with the dexamethasone so looking at that uh still your basic Tylenol, ibuprofen, you know, Dayquil, NyQuil, Benadryl, uh, large glass of water every hour, and a lot of Netflix. Just, you know, the, the normal grandma advice that you would get for a cough and cold. For the people at higher risk, pre-existing lung conditions, diabetes, uh, then we try to you know, ratchet that up to the more aggressive types of care. Uh, anything to work on it sooner to try to prevent those hospitalizations. Then when they do go to the hospital, try to focus on the newer options that uh, seem to be showing some, some definite... Like benefits. Regeneron and other things? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And have so you found that many patients need to be hospitalized when they take your treatment? Uh, you know, uh, for our patient panel, we've yet to hospitalize anybody, but we also haven't seen uh, nearly as much as other states like Florida and New York. Uh, right. So, yeah, we and Dr. Farid, what about you? Have people that go on your regimen, how have they done? 
they've done extremely well. None have been hospitalized, and uh, if they get it early, and they 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 report significant and remarkable symptomatic improvement, and they. They, 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 that's our goal: is to prevent hospitalization, and it's very effective in doing that. It's, uh, it's, and it's readily available. It's, it's not a large amount of Plaquenil or hydroxychloroquine. It's just 16 tablets that are needed for the regimen, and, and then it's in addition these other agents, doxycycline and azithromycin, are available, and zinc is available as well as. Uh, this ivermectin is just four tablets, one dose is all they need. You just take it but one time. Yeah, just one dose. If, wow. if they're very symptomatic, they can repeat it uh, for two or three Any days. Any side effects from it? Not, not with one dose of uh, 12 milligrams of ivermectin. It's, it's widely been widely used. It's like hydroxychloroquine. It's been around wow. for decades. And it's, All right, uh, i got to run, but I want to thank you both. You, got, you know, it's such a good day, and I, I say to everybody that is in the medical community, including you guys on the front lines, thank you for all you do for all of us every day. We really appreciate it. as we roll along let's go back to 2016 shall we and let's just take a trip down memory lane and how the democrats and the media and the mob reacted to donald trump people have talked about a miracle uh i'm hearing about a nightmare this was a white lash this was a white lash against a changing country it was a white lash against a black president in part and that's the part where the pain comes uh this network devoted years of programming and promotional support to a reality show that was mold-breaking for the time and contributed largely to making this uh, New York developer, uh, uh, builder, licensor, landlord, investor, um, successful guy into a global celebrity and brand, a brand who sells brand name licensed products with his name on it. I think some of this cultural anger we should correctly identify as being racial animus and that it's significant that Trump is that Trump has closed so much of a gap and done so well with white voters. The extent to which Donald Trump is one running a campaign of racism and bigotry, turning out millions of white Americans for that campaign suggests that we are living through a kind of second redemption. Oh, now let's listen to yesterday the CNN's Van Jones now. Character matters. It matters. Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters. I don't know why I'm crying so much, but what got me choked up was the picture of the cab driver. And so I'm very emotional. So when you ask me how I'm feeling right now, I'm sorry. That's all I can tell you. This is how I feel right now. Nobody knows what it feels like as a black man um, to be able to speak in this moment. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send dreamers back for no reason. Me too. I started crying again when I heard the bell from Paris. I keep crying. I'm going to cry now. Go away from me. You're going to make me cry. We don't care who you are. You you notice we don't care. No protests this weekend, no violence, nothing that Donald Trump would have won, we were warned might happen. It's unbelievable hypocrisy. It's breathtaking. We'll continue. Twitter takes the view that you can censor the New York Post, you can censor Politico, presumably you can censor the New York Times or any other media outlet. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you 
and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear. Does Twitter have the ability to influence elections? You said no. Do you, do you still stand by that, 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 that answer? Twitter as a company, no. No, we you don't, you don't think you have the ability by by moderation policies, by a Senator Lee, and I would call it censoring, you know, what you do with the New York Post. You, you don't think that censorship, that moderation of policies, you don't think that influences elections by withholding what I believe is true information from the American public? You don't think that interferes in elections? All right, that was the challenge of Dorsey of Twitter, at Jack, as he calls himself, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. My uh, friend and uh, colleague, Fox Business Network morning anchor, also host of the Fox News Channel over the weekend, uh, which, by the way, had a great Sunday morning futures uh, show this past weekend. Maria Baratiromo is with us. She has a new book out, by the way, The Cost, Trump, China, and the American Revival, also announcing herself that you're leaving Twitter. You got banned, too? No, Sean, I didn't get banned. But what happened is I'm tweeting stuff and they're flagging it and they're making it hard for my followers to see it. And frankly, Sean, it doesn't matter if I have 10 gazillion followers on Twitter. If they are going to be the arbiter of truth and they are going to be the policeman for the information that I'm trying to communicate to my followers, I have no interest in being there. Okay. So my bottom line is I haven't left yet, but I am slowly but surely moving. I love parlor. I, I decided this. Right now, I'm using Twitter to promote my stuff. I'll promote my shows, Sunday Morning Futures on Sunday, Mornings with Maria on Fox Business. But when I have scoops, get this, my scoops are only going on parlor, Sean, because as a freedom-loving woman like you, a freedom-loving man, I cannot accept this censorship in America, and I will not accept it. Can you even begin to put a monetary value in terms of, you know, look at, for example, Twitter and and Facebook and all these big tech companies and literally deciding what they want to call news or not news. They are being the arbiters of it. And then, you know, strangely protected from liability laws due to the Section 230 protections that they have. And and they they do this. But how would you ever put a money figure on what that meant to Joe Biden and his campaign in terms of a donation? Never mind the media mob itself, which is ninety nine percent. I hate Donald Trump and we'll never vet Joe Biden. Uh, We'll give him a pass on everything. I never saw one presidential candidate answer fewer questions in the history of the republic. I don't think it's ever happened. But protecting and then moving with their conspiracy theories on top of it. Right. Well, I think that there was clearly a coordinated effort. There has been from the day that Donald Trump went down the elevator. Most recently in the last couple of years, you've seen a real coordinated colluding effort to cover up what they've been doing. And that includes the media. It includes the FBI, you know, the people within the government. I mean, this president has faced more resistance than anyone could imagine. And while doing so, he's actually uh, been able to um, push through some serious victories and successes in the way of policy that have made Americans' lives much better. But, you know, Facing up to this resistance had to be incredibly difficult. He was able to do it, but I don't know what the price is uh, in, in terms of the impact on Joe Biden's presidency, but it's obviously hard to ignore 
um, when you did have a cover-up of exculpatory evidence, exculpatory things that could have been, you know, very bad for Joe Biden that were not reported. Um, you know, you had during the 2016 election, we both know what took place there, an incredible cover-up and an entrapment scheme to take down the president. So all of these things go into what you're referring to, and that is incredible help, support on the part of the media for Joe Biden. I don't watch any Sunday shows any longer, and I haven't for a long time, except for yours. You had an exceptional show this weekend. You had... Rudy Giuliani, uh, you had uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, you had Lindsey Graham, you had Ted Cruz. And I, and I watched, and the analysis was so dead-on brilliant, and it was one guest after another, very impressive. What is your take, as you now he- have heard from all of them, as I'm hearing from all of them, and we're watching the rest of the media landscape, which I just view as corrupt and unwatchable? That's right, and I agree with that. And thank you for the compliment, Sean. Look, I think what we are watching unfold right here is a situation where we have to allow the courts to take over. Now we have to allow the the country to follow the rule of law. We have a structure in place to uh, see this litigation play out. Uh, The media, as much as the media wants to, you know, be the arbiters of the presidential election and truth there, it is not the media's role to tell us who uh, is the winner of this election. That is the role of the electoral state officials, which will do their role in December. Uh, We are watching a contested election with uh, disputes that will move through the court. And so now we have to allow the courts to take over and we have to follow the truth. And that's what we're doing. That is why I am waiting to see how these things uh, rule before any, you know, any declaration of who the president is. What I learned this weekend is right now we have identified episodes of irregularities, episodes of questionable activity, I'm not going to say fraud yet because I have to see the evidence, but we certainly have enough pieces of evidence that indicate dead people voted, number one. We have situations where you have ballots where you did not have an opportunity to vote for President Trump. His name was not on the ballot. There are thousands of those, which Sidney Powell told us about. There are also situations where you have a software program, Dominion software program, that has had many, many glitches, specifically in Georgia, and they are indicating other places as well, whether or not these glitches were intentional. It was Michigan where they had the 6,000 votes that they had to switch to Trump. And that's only the one county. And and it doesn't necessarily mean it happened in other counties. No, but over 40 counties in Michigan use that same software. It's kind of scary when you think about it. That's right. And Sidney Powell told us that there could be that company where there are, there's an interest in the company that Nancy Pelosi's husband has an interest in it. Diane Feinstein's husband has an interest in it. We don't know. This is all being looked at right now. And then, of course, there are also reports that after some of these counties stopped down, but I've never heard anything in my life that when you're in the middle of an election, you stop. You stop counting. So there were situations where they stopped counting, and then in the dead of night, three in the morning, tens of thousands of new ballots showed up, apparently 100% of them. 
for Biden. So there are enough of these episodes that warrant an investigation, and now we need to have that investigation take place. Whether or not this is episodic or systemic remains to be seen. But there's obviously reason to investigate and reason for the Trump administration to drop these lawsuits, given what we've seen. And, you know, when you think of the number of people we're talking about here, and this is what the Trump campaign had said, and the way the media would characterize it as just false, I mean, I think we're talking about, if you look at all the states combined, somewhere, I mean, you know, what, 18, 16, 15,000 ballots in Arizona, 20,000 Wisconsin, 40,000 Pennsylvania, you know, Nevada's, you know, we have questions in all of these states. And... And then you have all of these people now signing affidavits, for example, in Pennsylvania, saying they were not allowed to observe when the law specifically allows partisan observers of the vote count. And that would mean every vote. And yet that clearly didn't happen. Maybe social distancing had something, some play in that, but not 100 feet away. You're not going to see any ballot and, and you can't see from that distance what's actually going on. Yeah, and I think this is one of the things that the Trump administration has identified as the most egregious, where they were not allowed to observe any of it. Why is it that the administration and the campaign is being shut out in terms of having observers ensure that things are going moving fairly and and honestly? I mean, I have in front of me a look at the number of ballots with only Joe Biden on the ticket. No other candidates on the ballot, and that's 98,000 in Pennsylvania, 80,000 in Georgia, 42,000 in Arizona, 69,000 in Michigan, and 62,000 in Wisconsin. So there's, there's that as well. And, you know, I, I think these situations need to be looked at. And, by the way, I did get a call this morning from someone else who appears to be a whistleblower. And so I will be following up on that, too. The good news here, Sean, is the fact that now we're putting a spotlight on all of this. This will, uh, this will uh, awaken whistleblowers, and people will come forward. So if there is fraud and it's systemic fraud, the likelihood of us finding out is high. Uh, I, 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 agree, I agree with you, and I think it's all got to be followed up with. You know, I'm very worried about this country when— You can have a presidential candidate and, for example, look at the racial background of Joe Biden. And it was never asked during the campaign. This man was allowed to hide in his basement daily in the mob, the media. Everybody protected him. Big tech companies, you know, killed stories that were negative towards him. He never had to answer. Never got a full answer, did we, on the issue of packing the courts, ending the legislative filibuster. These are fundamental questions that he was allowed to run through an entire campaign And any of the questions we did get answered, you know, were only because Donald Trump pushed it during the debate. I don't know how to monetize the, you know, you talk about an in-kind contribution. There was state-run TV, now state-run big tech companies. You have a, a corrupt Democratic Party that would take on breathtaking hypocrisy on Russia and Ukraine and a Republican establishment that just hated Donald Trump's style and the fact that he tweeted and he wasn't an establishment candidate, but a disruptor as he was elected to be and then ends up with 71 million votes. Yeah, I think there's a serious amount of censorship going on right now, Sean. And I think that people are, 
you know, people who are independent and who may not have been following some of this stuff as closely as you and I, I think they're coming out right now and saying, wait a second, I think that my rights are getting trampled on. Well, wait a second. I, I thought that I had freedom to do this, and now I don't. And they're seeing censorship in free speech, and it's getting them angry. And I think over the last year, this has been bubbling up. And I think people are recognizing that there is this cover-up coup going on, and it continues, because Donald Trump's, President Trump's existence, his, his going to Washington, saying, I'm going to drain the swamp, and you know, calling everybody out, fake news, it threatens their existence, okay? His presence threatens their existence, and the thought of the Democrats and the DNC losing that grip on power because of Donald Trump is just too much for them to handle and to accept. So they got to get him out, whatever it takes. And it doesn't matter if it means throwing out all of the things that we deem as important and valuable, valuable to our democracy, like innocent until proven guilty. Oh, so what? It's Donald State. Trump. All right. So what does your gut tell you? You saw Alito's statement. You saw the Supreme Court. You see these other. We know that there are going to be other judicial challenges. Um, that is what the role of the, that extra branch of government is. Do you see any of this going anywhere? Well, look, at this point in time, Sean, I have not given up on the Department of Justice and Bill Barr. I have not given up on Bill Barr and his motivations. I do believe he wants justice and he will do the right thing. So I am expecting a full-on investigation of these irregularities that we're seeing in terms of voting and the ballot. That needs to play out. Maria, thank you very much. Maria Bartiromo, 800-941-SEAN is our number. When we come back, Newt Gingrich's take on this. Right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, News Roundup and Information Overload. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. So after, well, let's see, how long, what have the last four years been like in the world against Donald Trump? It has been never-ending, nonstop, constant, you know, attack, attack, attack. Then we're getting lectures from the mob, the media, everybody in between. Oh, we have got to come together as one. Na- I'm like, we're going to get lectured from you uh, just because we want a free, fair, honest election. And we want to know exactly what is uh, going on and, and count votes that we know are legally cast as if this is the worst thing in the world. This is terrible. You know, OK, Ari Fleischer tweeted out resist, overturn, boycott, surveil, leak, impeach. Now they're telling us it's time to heal. Where were they the last four years? Or Eric Erickson had a good tweet. Really incredible to see all the people who spent four years demonizing Republicans suddenly support an end to the era of demonization and a demand for unity after four years of burning down the country. Uh, Larry Elder, four years attacking Trump as illegitimate, fascist, Nazi, tyrant, dictator, racist, anti-Semite, Russian stooge, traitor, grifter, xenophobe, sexist, homophobe, ignorant, fat, lazy. Now let's come together. Listen for yourself. The past four years, this president has shown us that he is a misogynist, that he is homophobic, that he is uh, racist. 50% of America saw all of that 
and looked the other way to their brothers and their sisters and said, I'm going to vote for him anyway. That, I think, is despicable. It is un-American. That is the president of the United States. That is the most powerful person in the world. And we see him like an obese turtle on his back, flailing in the hot sun, realizing his time is over. The president's words for what they are, which is the most incendiary and the most dangerous and the most flagrantly false lies among the most flagrantly false lies he's told as president at a moment when this country is in a fraught political state is really serious stuff. All right. Joining us now, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Uh, And Mr. Speaker, I've watched you now all weekend. You have been amazing in your analysis. Again, look how close this all is. You know, look at where we are with the Supreme Court. Look at what the state of Pennsylvania, you know, we'll go with Alito's statement. Uh, Georgia now becomes the focus of so many of us. Wanted to get your take on why it's important that we begin a process where we can have faith, confidence, and belief in our election electoral system when obviously it's a shambles. Well, I think it's only a shambles to the degree that we let it be. Uh, my, my message and my newsletter on Wednesday is going to be uh, that there's a constitutional process for electing a president, and it does not involve being anointed by the news media. Uh, it involves voting, having the votes counted, then having, if necessary, uh, a secondary look at all those votes, then having the opportunity to go to court, then having the state legislature look at what's going on, then having the electors actually show up. And remember, in, in 2000, both Bush and Gore sent electors from Florida. Uh, this thing went on a long time. And I think uh, it's clear that the left, which which had done everything it could to destroy Trump and everything it could to protect Biden, rushed to proclaim Biden president, is now doing everything they can to pretend that he is president. But the truth is, not a single state has been certified. Not one. Uh, the you fact know, is that there are number states that are still counting, and that there are many outstanding issues, and there will be at least six or eight major lawsuits uh, in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia. So uh, I, I think that keeping the Constitution and keeping the faith that in the end this will be decided by a process, not by a press release, is really important. Listen, I, I, I totally agree with you on every aspect of this, I, but I think this has got to be done s- systematically here. Number one, my as the campaign talks about varying issues of fraud that keep coming up and we're examining every allegation and we're, we're step by step, you know, it, it was very odd to me, the software glitch, for example, in Michigan, which we talked about on Friday. Now that's used in 47 of the 80 some odd Michigan counties, but it's also used in about 30 other states. Um, that should be a legitimate concern for anybody that really wants a true, accurate, fair election result. When you look at the laws, I never knew the depth of partisan observers are literally written into the law in most states and it's even supposed to be an open process to the public that they they can by law pennsylvania michigan uh wisconsin georgia elsewhere they're you know i'll look at pennsylvania law partisan observers may observe at the polling locations and watch the counting until the counting is complete but yet we know in many instances it didn't happen um, how is the what, what what how do you then, you know, certify that election as valid and true? Well, let me say first of all, I'm, I'm reading Jane Barry's remarkable book on the uh, Spanish flu of 1918, 1919, 
And he has a section where he's talking about Philadelphia as the most corrupt city in the country. And I'm looking, I'm, I was born in Harrisburg, and we always thought it was the most corrupt city. But so you start with the idea you have a corrupt machine with corrupt local officials. They decided to help steal the presidency. Uh, then they, having stolen votes, they, they cheerfully sit there and smile and say, I'll bet you can't prove it. And instead of, I mean, it's a lot like watching the mafia, which is why I tell people that the movie The Irishman Maybe the best uh, introduction to what we're currently living through. I mean, the fix is in with big media. Uh, I saw the president yesterday. He'd had, he'd had four of his tweets censored, including one about me. Uh, Rush the day before had four out of six censored. Uh, Facebook has hired a Chinese uh, experts on censorship uh, to work in an office in Seattle, designing a Chinese-style capacity to censor us. Uh, you go down the list, and what you're faced with is people know this is not just about an individual vote or an individual precinct. This was a nationwide effort. Uh, Zuckerberg poured $400 million in to increasing turnout only in Democratic areas. And so you, go, you start going down this list and realizing how big the deck is stacked, not against Donald Trump. The deck is stacked against the American people. And that's why this is so important. We, we have an absolute obligation to recognize that if they can get away with this, uh, there may not be another honest election in this country because they will be able to take all of these techniques, starting in Georgia on January 3rd, and apply them all across the country over and over and over again uh, in a way which will be unbelievably destructive and turn the whole country into California. Well, you know, if you look at the electoral map, and I think this should be a concern for everybody, I mean, it's all, I'm, I said this all throughout this whole process. If you're a Republican and you're running for president, you have to run the table. But you look at states that were always once in play for Republicans. I mean, people forget Reagan, what was it, Bush 41, you know, California was a state that Reagan won twice. Um, that's not that long ago, but then states like Virginia, they suddenly turn a little purple and then boom, they're totally blue. Then you look at, you know, the, you see people leaving New York, they're moving to the Carolinas. They're bringing with them some of their liberal views. They're moving, uh, from California to Texas. They're bringing their liberal views. People from New Jersey, New York moving and Illinois moving to Georgia. They're bringing their liberal views with them. So, you know, it's a little scary to me. It's sort of like they're spreading out. They want to escape the cities that have uh, basically oppressed them with bureaucracy and high taxes, and they're bringing those policies and then, then destroying states that have been far better to live in. Well, that's right. And it's, in a way, it's ironic. They're fleeing really bad one-party government. They're fleeing very high taxes. They're fleeing arrogant and destructive bureaucracies. And they promptly start voting for candidates. They're going to do the same thing to their new state, but they just fled the old state. And that's part of the education process, where where conservatives in Texas or conservatives around the country have to communicate. Arizona, Nevada, which are directly affected by California, just have to communicate. You know, don't don't turn this place into the one you left, uh, because of course politicians could. And Nevada is a great example. I mean, they had the most obvious open effort to create a corrupt theft of a state of any place in the country. I mean, the state legislature and the governor deliberately rewrote the rules. Um, Adam Laxalt, the former attorney general of Nevada, has, has been doing a great job of uh, highlighting it 
And there are still 600,000 ballots in Nevada that nobody has, no Republican has been able to, to examine. I mean, that just gives you a sense of the scale. And, and why I tell people, slow down, let the process work. Don't assume that the very people who lied to you about Donald Trump for four years aren't now lying to you about the presidential election. Uh, you know, and, and I think it's a real challenge. Let me go back to the institutional comment you made about big tech. And I've been making this. They, they played a very big role in this campaign by censoring information. The mob and the media is 99% anti-Trump. Then you've got the whole Democrat establishment. Then you've got the Republican establishment, you know, that, you know, they, they don't even want to hear it just because they so hate Donald Trump. And my question is, is when you have institutional forces aligned to this magnitude that would allow the phony Russian narrative to go uh, for four years, uh, ignore the the Biden scandals, and then they would, you know, literally do anything and everything to just approve getting rid of Donald Trump at any price and accept every result, even if it hasn't been uh, fully vetted. Um, it, it's troublesome to me because there's 71 million of us that think very differently, and in that sense, we can all be disenfranchised and dismissed. Well, that's exactly right. That's why this is such an extraordinarily important fight. Now, it is interesting that we've gained seats in the state legislature, both the state house and the state senate across the country. We've gained seats in the U.S. House. Uh, we gained a governorship. Um, you know, we're on a big fight in Georgia, which I have a hunch we're going to win because I think that Chuck Schumer has made a huge mistake in being too open and too honest about how radical he'll be if he can just get those two Georgia seats. And I think when people in Georgia realize uh, the consequence of voting for the two uh, Schumer handpicked candidates, uh, that they will be uh, toast uh, and, and uh, will we'll reelect uh, Leffler and Purdue. But, you know, if that happens, and frankly, I still think there's an outside chance that President Trump may be able to pull all this off. The, the, the scale and the brazenness of the dishonesty is so staggering uh, that it's hard to believe that in a free society we can't find ways. I mean, there are several hundred thousand ballots in Wisconsin that are tainted, for example. Um, Pennsylvania itself is such a corrupt mess that no, no reasonable person can believe that Pennsylvania is anything but stolen by the Democrats. Um, Michigan's a little more complicated, but we're learning more all the time. And, and it, did you notice, by the way, when there's a computer glitch, it always happens to hurt the Republicans? I mean, that's, that was a 9,000-vote swing in that county once they figured out that the computer had, quote, had a glitch, which I don't believe. Um, and also, have you noticed that when new batches of votes come in, they're almost always for Biden? Um, it's, you know, surprise, surprise, we just found 15,000 votes in Savannah. Oh, and guess what? They're virtually all for Biden. You know, I just don't believe that. I, th I think what you have is people were manufacturing ballots as they needed them. It's really scary thought. All right, you mentioned Georgia and you mentioned future elections. What is the best way that we can now guarantee, because so many states do it so effectively, free, fair, accurate elections with results that people can have trust and confidence in? How do we do that, considering it's the states that make the laws uh, that govern elections? Well, I think we probably need to have sort of an honest elections association after this is over and recognize we actually have huge advantages in state legislatures. And we need to just go back in and figure what are the lessons to be learned from this? What would an honest, accurate election look like? And have a nationwide movement, much like the contract with America, that says 
These are the five or the seven things you have to do in your state election law and then drive it home. And we could probably get it passed in three-fourths of the states in the country. But remember, there's a Republican majority in the legislature in North Carolina, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, uh, in Arizona, and in Georgia. Uh, so to the degree that this stuff is sloppy and stupid, it's because the left has invested in making it sloppy and stupid. The second thing you have to do is really openly publicize how much Soros and the left has spent trying to capture uh, legislative, whether it's the Secretary of State or the local county registrar. I mean, this has been a multi-year effort to get control of the election process in the United States for the purpose of corrupting it. All right, Mr. Speaker, you're bet on target the whole time. We'll continue. American people deserve this. There's 71 million Americans that deserve to know, and a full, complete uh, investigation is warranted and justified before a winner quote is declared. 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program, we're doing a special investigation when we get back. Uh, senior counsel with the GLJC, uh, a legal group, has uh, literally filed a complaint in Michigan. We're going to find out what that's all about and more as we continue. Straight ahead, Sean Hannity Show. If all this wasn't enough, in Antrim County, ballots were counted for Democrats that were meant for Republicans, causing a 6,000-vote swing against our candidates. The county clerk came forward and said, tabulating software glitched and caused a miscalculation of the votes. Since then, we have now discovered that 47 counties use this same software in the same capacity. Antrim County had to hand count all of the ballots, and these counties that use this software need to closely examine their results for similar discrepancies. The people of Michigan deserve a transparent and open process. That was Laura Cox, who we had on the program on Friday. Uh, the Great Lakes, this is in Michigan, Justice Center has filed an action in Wayne County Circuit Court alleging uh, massive fraud in election voting counting procedures. And in other words, like the law of Michigan, kind of like the law in Pennsylvania, like the law in Wisconsin and like the law in a lot of places. Are, I'm reading directly from the law, are, are an open process that may be observed by any interested person. There are election challengers, poll watchers, though challengers have greater access to the process. And by the way, observers are permitted at polling locations. Observers may observe the absentee vote uh, voter counting board at any time during the election. Observers may observe all county. That's law, by the way, MCLA 168.730 getting to know all these state laws. Post-election audits are open to the public. Recounts are open to the public. Anyway, the Great Lakes Justice Center, Wayne County Circuit Court, filed massive fraud in the election and voting vote counting procedures, and they are claiming a constitutional right to election accuracy and integrity has been violated, and that uh, the constitutional equal protection rights, election laws have been violated, and they go on from there. And uh, anyway, David Coleman is with us, senior counsel with the uh, GLJC uh, is uh, here. What have you discovered so far that you can inform our audience about? Well, thanks, Sean. A pleasure to be with you. And we've discovered a lot. Um, you know, I'm like most people. At first, you kind of hear stories. You don't really know if there's much fact to it or not. 
But as we started getting calls late last week and over the weekend, we found out there was a lot of meat on the bone here, and there's a lot of things going on. We outline it in our complaint and in the affidavits that we attach. And direct fraud. Um, ballots coming in, for example, and a poll watcher, a poll challenger, viewed this directly himself. A ballot comes in, they check the person's name to see if they're on the voter file, they're not registered. And instead of setting that vote aside and not counting it, they go to their computer, pull up the name of somebody who has not voted yet. Remember, this is after Election Day. And then they count that ballot on that person's uh, voter record. And so they count the vote, even though the person that sent in the mailed-in vote is not on the registration. So that kind of fraud is going on. They refused to re- They ordered their workers to not review signatures. They ordered workers to uh, backdate when the receipt of the mail-in ballot came in, um, you know, because they had to be received by election night, uh, 8 o'clock. How many uh, affidavits do you now have that you're presenting to the court? Well, what we've presented to the court is the six or seven affidavits with the real serious allegations. We have, uh, I don't know, probably a dozen or more beyond that, and more and more calls coming in. We're still trying to sift through it. I think as people are finding out that we're out here and have actually filed a lawsuit, we're getting contacted today by a lot of people. So I think we've just hit the tip of the iceberg, John. Let's talk about this computer glitch that Laura Cox was just talking about that took place Apparently, it's software that was used in over 40 of the 80-some-odd counties in Michigan. Um, she, Up to this point, I understand not, no other glitch has been caught. Is that something that concerns you? Yeah, it's a big concern. Um, I've heard rumors. It's the Dominion uh, software that was used here in Michigan and elsewhere around the country. I think 30 and, other states at least, yeah. Right, right. And so, of course, that's a big concern. But I have heard that a few of the other uh, smaller counties have gone through and that their vote totals were accurate. So, again, that's our whole point in this, Sean. This is not to determine who should win or who should lose. This is important that we have fair and open and transparent elections. If the people lose faith in our uh, elective process, they're going to lose faith that the people who are in charge in an elected office have the right to be there. That totally undermines our system of government. We cannot have that. This type of fraud that's been going on in Wayne County has got to be dealt with. Let's talk about the law and why it's so important that if we have election laws, and this is what I guess is so troublesome to me, uh, and, and I understand the campaign is they, they have investigators looking into allegations of fraud. Okay, but if we have specific laws that guarantee an open process, which I think is critical, and then we know that, that even partisan observers that are written into the law in many of these states are denied the ability to actually look at the ballot and observe. How do you find a remedy for that? I'm, I'm picking your legal brain here. Yeah, well, that's why we filed this lawsuit, and we've asked for injunctive relief to stop the certification of these results in Wayne County and to allow for the court to look at what's going on here. The gentleman, Mr. Larson, who saw that ballot um, fabrication I was telling you about earlier, when he brought that to the attention of the uh, officials there, the election workers, uh, they actively stopped him from viewing and seeing what was going on. He walked out outside of the room for just a moment to confer with some other lawyers. He came back and tried to get in. They refused him admittance, and they would not let him in. And, in fact, many of the poll challengers that were there were denied access 
and could not get back in under all kinds of excuses and pretenses. There was really no reason for it. There was a lot of harassment, Sean, a lot of threats, a lot of blocking the views of these poll challengers trying to watch what was going on. It was, it's really reprehensible what was going on. It really is so sad, you know, when you think about, you know, and I would think that everybody, when they hear some of these stories and they see that laws maybe were not followed, that that would bring a concern on, on the side of the left as well. Um, and the saddest part is all the confusion that occurred and all the length of time it takes to actually count the ballots and get an answer. And you're watching a vote total that starts out with one candidate up by 500,000 and losing by 38 or 40,000 votes. Um, how are people to have have any trust in that system? Yep, you've hit, the, hit it on, on the head there, Sean. That, that is the problem, and that's why we brought this lawsuit. There has to be uh, a sense by people in general on both sides that this is a fair process. And if it's not, it really doesn't matter which side wins. It's not a fair process. It's going to lead to more uh, discord and problems in our country. We just can't allow this to continue. No, I think well done. Well, keep us up to uh, speed on this. David Coleman uh, from Michigan, we appreciate you taking time to keep us updated. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Sean. Let me go back. I mean, there's been, I'm, I'm listening to all of the, the, you got another postal service. We had one, I think it was in Michigan last week uh, with Project Veritas and James O'Keefe. This one in Pennsylvania, a uh, guy by the name of Richard Hopkins going on, going on record alleging the backdating of election ballots. Uh, and we now have confirmed there is a federal criminal investigation into this. The postal inspector contacted you today in, in Pennsylvania? Yes. Uh, yes. What did they say to you? Uh, they asked me the same questions you asked me yesterday about the, what I'd seen and what, what I'd heard. And we're asking if I had any more information or whatnot. You witnessed your supervisor backdating a ballot to November 3rd? I did not witness them backdating it. I witnessed them talking about backdating. What did you hear them say? They were talking about how the day before, which was... Before they had postdated all but one of the they had, uh, all but one of the uh, ballots that were picked up as the third, but they had one that they made a mistake and postmarked it before. You heard Robert Weisenbacher say this to Daryl, or Daryl say it? How did it? How did you hear it? Uh, Robert was saying it to Daryl. Robert was saying it to Daryl. Yes. To 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 they made a mistake on the ballot and they should have backdated the November fourth ballot to November third, correct? Yes. And you heard this and um, since you did the interview with me uh, in the shadows, what what has happened to you at your employment? They they were taking an action against you today? Uh, well, I'm not for sure, but they are bringing up stuff that happened uh, like in the past. So they brought up old allegations against you today that were already adjudicated, and they brought those up today. Yes. These inspectors have. What, what was this? What was the nature of your conversation with the uh, uh, post office officials that reached out to you today about this about our interview? Uh, they said that uh, I was. Yeah, well, because of certain factors, I was kind of implicated as the one who had came out. So they wanted to get in my side of the story because they wanted to start an investigation into this. I think this comes from above them, and that's what I told the inspectors. I just think they were just doing what they're told. 
And yeah. That was James O'Keefe, Project Veritas. Let me play another thing that we found about details emerging from observers prevented from watching the votes being counted. Again, this is a matter of law. The media mob doesn't care about law. Big tech doesn't care about law. Democrats don't care about law. Establishment Republicans, they don't care about law. An official came out uh, who was kind and asked us to sign documents. And a few moments later, we were asked to leave. Well, I find that ironic we were asked to leave within 10 to 12 minutes when the city had an hour and a half kind of left to do. We're further away than I am from you all here. Um, hundreds, uh, at least 100 feet away from open ballots that go back out of our sight. We can't see them. We don't know what's happening to them. Um, it's just, uh, there's no way for us to meaningfully observe the process. They have refused to let us have meaningful, a meaningful view of the vote count. They have continued to count the votes. Because, because they have done nothing to help us, they are not letting every legal vote count. Well, the call, well, actually, the law matters. Paula's in North Carolina. Hey, Paula, how are you? Well, frustrated and, and scared. You know, we've got to keep up this fight. I and mean, if there's no integrity for the election process, if it's not guaranteed, we're going to lose the country. And I, I grew up in Detroit, Sean. I was born there, and it has a long history of mayors that have been corrupt. I can see where something like this would happen, kind of the backdoor type of stuff going on. And then as you look back in the past summer, you just see how... You know, the Democrats, it, it seems orchestrated, you know, when they prepped, will he give up the seat? What if there's a contention? It's almost like they're getting the, re- the public primed. And even election night, you know, it was like they were ready for this. They came out calmly. They said, you know, we're going to preserve this, but we want to unite. These are all lines. And yet as, as details continue to unfold, you see how, you know what, this wasn't just one night, you know, where everybody was surprised, but this has been developing for a long time. And they knew this would happen. And it's very frustrating. You know, I have two sons, and I'm concerned about our future. And we cannot stop fighting, and we've got to get to the bottom of this. I, you know, we got to get to the bottom of this if we're to, to be. And, and here's what I, my point is, Ben Paula. We have Microsoft. We have uh, Silicon yeah. Valley. We have Apple. Are you telling me we can't run an election more effectively where, where we have faith, trust, confidence in the results? That's all that's all people are asking for here. And it is amazing how quickly other people got to the answer. Some states, they get it done. They get it done quickly. They get it done right. Unbelievable. Anyway, hang in there. Let not your heart be troubled. Everybody's fighting hard. I promise you. Thank you. All right. That's going to wrap things up for today. All right. You know, I want to just say this. Um. I know this is hard for so many, 71 million Americans. I know that for a lot of you, it's painful. I know that when you look and watch and, and, and see and hear from people and, and believe that laws have been violated and people saying they weren't allowed to observe, the law allows them to observe, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing we're going to do is what we always do on this program on Hannity tonight at nine. And that is we are going to do what the mob will never do. Such a close election. Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, Ken Starr, Newt Gingrich, Pete Hegseth, Jason Chaffetz. Hope you'll set your DVR. Join us 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. We'll see you then. Let not your hearts be troubled. Let not, but let it be committed towards liberty and freedom at all times for our kids and grandkids. We'll see you tonight back here tomorrow.